Hello and welcome back to In God We Trust podcast. Today we are continuing that conversation with Jared Lasky and Luke Clausen. If you guys want to find Jared Lasky, you can find him at Adventures in the Spirit podcast. And Luke Clausen is my relative and one of my great friends. So today we talk about dreams and how you are able to tell if that dream is from God or not from God. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get right into it. You talked about dreams a little bit and we have talked about dreams. Um, could you possibly, uh, so I thought one time I was like, dreams have to be from God because it's like just thoughts in our head, you know, but then I talked to you about how I had this bad dream and how it, it like left me like, you know, I, I didn't like it. So could you explain if, if we have a dream and we want to know if it's actually like something from God, could you try to cover that a little? Yeah, certainly. It's my pleasure to. Um, God has gifted me in this since I was about 12 or 13, and I've grown in it the, the more I fellowship with him and spend time in his word and, and study the scripture and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So we see dreams throughout scripture. We see Daniel could interpret dreams. And even before people, uh, you know, he interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream without Nebuchadnezzar telling him the dream. That's a supernatural, powerful gift of the Holy Spirit to do that, right? Um, to see if a dream is from God, when you wake up, how, what do you feel? You know, and is it coming to your mind constantly, right? Like throughout the course of the day, dreams can fade, right? But if it's truly from God, it makes a lasting impression right here, you know, on your mind. And it, it comes up throughout the course of the day. Honestly, as soon as you wake up, if God is giving you a dream, write it down and then start praying into it and ask him for the interpretation. Write it down in your prayer journal or whatever you, you've got. You know, if you could, I, I, I write in cursive, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a lost art. Some people write on their phones or computers. So write down the dream and you could even draw it out, right? You draw it out. You could make little notes. You could be artistic about it, you know, all that. But what is the, the feeling uh, on you? Is, is there the peace of God that rests on you? If there's confusion, it's not from God, right? Uh, if it disappears real quick, you know, that's just, you know, it's, it's not from God as well, but he could also bring it back to us, right? He could, he could bring the dream back to our mind. He, um, and it also comes up a conversation and it keeps coming back to us and we need to be obedient with it and God will give us more. Now, when I was say 17 years old, I had a dream and it came in two parts. I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but this is one of my wake up calls from being a rebellious teenager. So, I had this dream and I was going to a Christian private school because it was a last chance for my twin brother and I, you know, we, we got in some trouble from public school. We had to, you know, move on, did some homeschooling and got jobs and, you know, uh, and then we went to a private school for our last year, which was our junior year, but we graduated a year early. But in this dream, it was two parts. So the first part is I'm with my brother in a vehicle, in our vehicle, going to school. The second part is like a movie screen popped up. So it's like I could see two things. So both are transparent. The second part is I'm walking into a school and shooting a couple of people and then getting tackled. Okay. Now, some people might say that's a bad dream, but no, the peace of God was still on me. And I had this urgency in me knowing, no, this is from God. Okay. Like you, there's just this knowing. And so I told uh, teachers and school staff, we're in a Christian school. Uh, we weren't 
I wasn't raised charismatic or anything at the time, but I was around some of this stuff at first. And so all of it was kind of new to me, you know, people raising their hands and worship and stuff in chapel. That was new to me, but people were saying, this is from God, let's pray. And so we prayed against it. You know, we prayed for the peace that surpasses all understanding, prayed into it. And uh, within a month, my twin brother and I going to school on our way to school. And then we pass by, we see like emergency vehicles coming. We see a bunch of kids in front of 7-Eleven in Thurston, in, in the Thurston area of Springfield, Oregon. And out of my mouth, I said, there was a shooting at Thurston High School. That just came out of nowhere. I just knew. And it just spoke out of me. My twin brother looks at me and says, huh. Okay, we make it to our school uh, in Eugene. We find out that, in fact, a student, Kip Kinkle, had walked in that day to Thurston High School, shot a couple of students, and was tackled by people. And he, I think to this day, he's still in prison. That woke me up. I know that God calls some people to be watchers for their generation. At that time, God was speaking to me and I had a real burden for generation X, my generation. And now I've got a burden for your generation, the, mill the millennials and Gen Z and God will show things to his friends. I think Hosea says that in the Bible that he speaks to his friends. He speaks to his prophets. So he'll speak to some people, good things, but also show the plans of the enemy as well. Uh, because the enemy thinks he's smart, but he's not. God knows what's up, but we pray into those those things as well. So um, there, we have to test the spirits, right? We have to figure it out. We have to see what's in the scripture. What does scripture say about this? But, you know, um, really, even if it's, say, something significant like that, a local event, um, uh, you know, a county event, a state event, or a national event, and you see you know, the nefarious plans of the enemy, you did what you were supposed to do and prayed against it. Now, God also shows us other things too. He, you know, say you have a dream and you're in your old house. That might be a metaphorical dream. What does your old house represent? Well, maybe something from the past needs to be dealt with. Maybe a lesson learned from the past needs to be applied today. Maybe there's some other things that you see of what's coming, you know, so you just start looking at some of those symbols and you look at the, what the scripture says about those symbols, but also what, how you understand those metaphors and symbols for yourself, right? Like if you dream of a car, maybe that car means ministry. Maybe it's just a cool car that you like. I don't know. Right. But you start looking at all those things in there, you know, and like, you know, is Jesus driving the car? Well, that's, you know, that means Jesus is at the wheel. He's in the center of your life. He's got control. And maybe he's taking you places. Maybe your car stopped and you need to figure out why am I stopped? Maybe you've got a relationship issue or, you know, um, a school issue or something like that. But you just start looking at some of that stuff. And God loves to speak to his kids and he'll give you the interpretation and the insight. And sometimes he'll send people who are Christians to give you insight. And you don't even have to bring it up. You don't have to bring it up. Maybe someone else will bring something up. And that's something I've learned. Don't, don't press the issue. If someone has a dream, like they will start talking about it. I, I know this, I've gone on a little long, but one more story. Is that cool? You're good. So I was at Youth with a Mission back in October through December of last year at the School of Digital Film. And the staff member was right next to me and she's talking about this dream that she just had. She's saying it's so vivid. So that's another thing. Is it vivid? Is it clear? If it's black and white, 
push that uh, black and white dreams aside because that might be from the enemy. But, but if it's vivid and clear and it's made that impression on you and it's deep, then that's from God, okay? But she's like, I had this vivid dream. And in this dream, I, I'm in a vehicle on a bridge uh, with my ex-boyfriend. And we're driving on this bridge. And next thing you know, um, it, the bridge is not fully built. So then we crash. Well, like we fall into the water. And there we are. And then I, I get out of the vehicle. And then it ended. And I was like, I told her, I was like, oh, that's real easy. God uses me to interpret dreams. So she's like, well, what is it? And I said, well, the the vehicle is you were with your, who is now your ex-boyfriend. And you thought that you might have a ministry with him, but the relationship ended, but you were protected and saved from it. And it ended. Okay. So she's like, oh yeah, I did kind of think that we were having a ministry. Guess what happened within two minutes of that conversation? She got a text from her ex-boyfriend apologizing for how their relationship had ended. That was from God. Amen. Wow. That's cool. Have you, do you know that, uh, is it Life Church? Have you seen them on YouTube? Those guys? Uh, the ones with the version Bible app? Yes. Yeah. 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 I was listening to that guy talk today and he felt like God was telling him to uh, call this man and so he called this man and the guy didn't even say hello and he knew this guy was going through like a tough time and he just said why are you calling me right now and then the pastor said i felt god telling me to call you and talk with you are you planning on taking your life right now and the man was like yes i'm going to do it and then he was like don't do it this is God showing you how much he loves you by him telling me to call you. And it was, it was really cool. And the guy, he ended up not doing it. And then he came to church and they talked it out. And I don't know, he told it way better, but that's a crazy story. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, God loves to talk to his kids. He loves to talk to you and me. He loves to show us things, you know, and that's where it begins is prayer in the secret place, spending time with him. And then that's also a great place to practice. Right. And then if God ever, if God impresses someone, like say an old friend comes to your mind, pray about them. Like you haven't thought of them in weeks or months or even years, start praying about, about them and send them a nice note and see what happens. Right. It's be like, Hey, you know, I really felt, I started thinking about you. Not sure why I'm reaching out to you. I prayed for you. Um, yeah, you know, that kind of a thing. Oftentimes they'll be like, thank you so much. I was going through, you know, a bad time or something like that, you know, pray for them, call them if you, if you're able to, you know, um, maybe if it's someone who was, you know, not good in your life, just pray for them. You know, you may not need to open those doors, just, you know, use some wisdom on that, but you know, um, the Holy Spirit loves to talk to us. He'll give impressions to us. He'll give senses, feelings, even, or, you know, um, and just be obedient, you know, reach out to them, you know, if that happens and who knows what you'll find out. Right. I, I have a, one of my best friends is, you know, didn't have, didn't have that strong of a faith growing up. Um, you know, we've never really had conversations about God. And just recently he's really taken a step in his faith and had a, a, a great relationship with God and has, grown a lot in his faith. So when I was coming on here, I just shot him a text and said, you know, do you have any questions like at the point you're at right now in your faith about God? And he sent me a good question. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it word for yeah, word. Cool. 
Um, so he said, God has a plan slash story for everyone, but how do you know you're staying on that path? For example, if I made a bad decision right now, am I off the path that God intended for me? What do you say, Levi? I would say that we all slip up and this is something that we can see in the Bible uh, from the start to the end. It's just man disobeying God. And this is something that I, when I first started out, it was kind of like him. I didn't, I didn't really see how I was following his plan, but I was just kind of rolling with it. And every single day for like the first like two or three months, I was like, like, why am I even doing this? Like, I, I just keep disobeying God. And then it, it just clicked. And I just realized that we are by nature sinful and unclean. So us disobeying God, I, the only way that we can stay on a path is by asking him to help us stay on that path. And the way to do that is through repentance. And that is how we, if we get closer with God, he will get closer with us. So if you want to stay on that path, just, just repent and stay in the word. And that will bring you closer to God. Keep yeah. I think that's a great answer, Levi. I would also add to that and say, uh, we all have struggles and things that we're working through and God is working on our character. And you went, if we do slip up, repent quickly, forgive other people quickly, forgive yourself. Even the Bible doesn't say anything about forgiving yourself, but it does say forgive others. And it says to repent, which is not just aligning, uh, like changing your mind and agreeing with what the scripture is saying. It's, it's trying to walk away from that particular thing. And the more time you spend with Jesus and you spend time in his word, just like Levi said, you know, you're on the right path. Okay. But if there are slip ups, you know, um, uh, the scripture is very clear on things, on a lot of things. And like you say that, you know, that, you know, that, Hey, this is what the scripture says. This thing is wrong. Walk away from it. Uh, I think I'd mentioned before the scripture says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, but God is faithful to provide a way out under it. So there's always a door or a window to exit, to leave. Uh, and we're all responsible for our own actions. Okay. I'm not responsible for Levi's. I'm not responsible for Luke's. I'm not responsible for my great grandparents' actions. I'm responsible for my, my decisions. And if there's general, you know, say generational stuff, bad habits that we are born with or raised around or whatever, you can still break those things. As long as you align with the word of God, walk away from those things. And, um, let the Holy Spirit work through you. Because if you're trying to overcome something by yourself, you're going to fail. But if you surrender it and surrender daily to the Holy Spirit, you have already overcome because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And soon, within maybe months, six months, years, you'll be like, oh, wait a second, I'm different. I'm no longer doing that. And you know that you're you're in the center of God's will. Yeah, I think, I think what both you said... Uh is a really good answer to that. And I like how Jared, you like, I think sometimes people have the misconception of like, Oh, you know, I can, I can just keep messing up and live in sin. And right before I die, I'll ask for forgiveness. But it's like, there is, there is, you know, that's the, the stake of eternity on the line and you have a responsibility to make that decision for yourself. 
So I think that's really good what you we pointed out there. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, if you if it's habitual and it's ongoing and you're not walking away from it, you know, someday we will all stand before Christ and give an account, right, uh, about things that we've done. And for the Christian, for you, for us who have the Holy Spirit in us, judgment day is not something to fear, even though God in his justice and his righteousness can be fearful. But if we're in Christ now, then it's actually a reward. Okay, it's a reward at the judgment seat. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's a reward. So Christians should look forward to this. Uh, it's the non-Christians who are judged and, and you know, from, at the great white throne judgment. That's what the book of Revelation calls it, the great white throne judgment before uh, the face of God. Everybody will give an account, every single one of us. But if we're in Christ, our life is going to be laid bare. Uh, we'll, you know, for everyone to see. But imagine that time. We will celebrate what Jesus did in us. We'll, all of the, us in heaven will celebrate as we all enter in. You know, amen. Amen. All right. Let's do uh, one more question. I'd love to see if someone out there, we've got people chatting. I uh, pulled up some of those on the different channels. Some, some of the channels I'm unable to see, but, you know, I'd love to see if someone out there has, you know, online has a question that we could, we could try to answer as well. Uh, but let's see, let's just do one more question from this panel with Levi and Luke. This is, this is all, a lot of fun guys. Luke, you got it? Yeah, sure. So I think, uh, speaking back to how you want to bridge generations, um, I think something with our generation, and this is also just the point in my life where I'm at, you know, you're a young adult, you're starting to experience things on your own. But I think our generation questions a lot of things. You know, there's not the the mindset of this is the way it's always been, so that's how we're going to do it. They question a lot of, you know, things that, in speaking onto the faith, that have been solidified for a long time. So kind of looking back at the Old Testament, I think one of the things I run into a lot with young Christians is this is this you're saying this is the same God that, you know, these things in the Old Testament that seem so barbaric to today's mm -hmm. life. This is the same God that we have now. And I think that's an issue a lot of young Christians run into is the quote unquote differences of the old testament to life today and how you know it's the same god oh yeah that's pretty deep and that's awesome to answer to make a long to make shorten this down a little bit jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever as it tells us in the book of hebrews the writer of hebrews said jesus is the same yesterday today and forever and some of the churches that we've walked into or walked out of they've got got it you know, painted on their walls, right? But then some people try to say, well, what about the slain of the, this whole tribe? What about these things? Well, you know, in, in the Old Testament, okay? So with your question, people try to be like, how does, how does, this, how does this fit? How does this work? Well, the New Testament tells us Jesus on the cross took all the wrath of God on himself. And now we live under grace. We all have free will, but we live under grace. And the covenant of grace is way better than the previous covenants, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant. You know, God is righteous. God is just. And 
you know, he, he did those things in the old Testament, but there were purpose, there was a purpose behind them. You know, archeology span can show us, you know, that um, there were a lot of disease and, you know, crazy things like that. But now God's wrath was poured out on Christ. So we won't experience any of those things from the old Testament. You and I are sons of God. People who are female are daughters of God as long as they have Christ within them, right? We're under the covenant of grace. God is love. He's still just. So everybody will get, as we mentioned earlier, everyone will give an account when they die. They, they will be sitting, standing before Almighty God the Father, and he will roll out his, his justice. And, you know, if they have Christ, he'll see Christ in you. You have the Holy Spirit, he'll see Christ in you. Christ took the punishment for our sins, for our transgressions on the cross. So the moment we give our life to Jesus, we are saved. We are walking out the sanctification. We're walking out the process, and we all need stuff to work on. But when we enter into the joy of the Lord, he'll see Jesus within us, and there will be no no wrath for us. There will be reward for us who are in Jesus. Uh, but so all that stuff still also points to, you know, so there will be wrath, uh, you know, at on the final day, which brings up a good topic about hell. Hell was not created for humans. Hell was created for the devil and his dark angels who disobeyed God. Hell was created, and the sole purpose is for the devil and his minions to be there forever. And they're going to try to take down as many people as possible. They're going to try to continue to do what they do. The spiritual powers in place will try to influence uh, powerful people and you know for for the worse you know but we have the holy spirit in us so we expand the kingdom of god uh so hell god does not god is reinforcing people's decision it's not that he's the one that decides to send people to hell it's that you chose in this life to not follow him you chose that as your final destination that's a scary place to walk in i think i also blew some people's theology out of out of that because from the pulpit it's easy to say you know that the god will send you to hell no 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 he's reinforcing your decision that you've already made if to the day you die you didn't decide to live for him so it's your decision and that goes back to personal accountability and things like that so i, I know i just blew out some people's stuff but that's what the bible shows me uh we could dig deeper on another time man <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I hope that answers your question, bro. So it's people's decision. Um, yeah. God, Jesus came to this earth to save all of us, but we still need to choose that. So if anybody out there, I'm, I want to end it with a call to the gospel, if that's cool. You know, if anybody right. out there is watching this or listening into this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus right where you are, ask him to come into your life. Commit to him as Lord, as King, as Savior, as leader, and as friend. And Put your mind and say that you are aligning with what the scripture says and you're going to walk with the Holy Spirit. So in your own words, start speaking that out. I don't want to lead people in a sinner's prayer. Sure, that's kind of easy to do, but I want you to encounter God for yourself and start talking to him. And then ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up in Jesus' name and start talking to him for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is. Encounter Jesus. Tell him that you're sorry for your sins and repent 
uh, align with the, the scripture, commit to him as Lord, as King, as Savior, and start talking to him every single day and plug into a really good church and reach out to uh, myself or to Levi uh, to let us know what God did in you. This is being broadcast on some social media channels in Pakistan. So we bless all those overseas. I saw someone commented from Rwanda, you know, God bless you in Jesus name. We're brothers in Jesus, you know, so uh, maybe some TV channels will pick this up even. So people overseas are watching this. Give your life to Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Okay. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Have a great day and have a great weekend. God bless.